0: Hello and welcome to the Tea on Sustainable Living podcast, where your hosts, Hannah and Brandy, try and help each other navigate the big messy grey area of giving a shit about the planet, and hopefully helping you along the way.
1: Each episode, we have honest chats about our sustainability fails, sometimes amongst ourselves and sometimes with guests, while also leaving you with a little sprinkle of
0: hope and inspiration to keep on giving a shit. So, go make yourself a cup of tea, get comfy, and let's dive into the episode. Hello,
1: give-a-shitters. This is Hannah. And this is Brandy. And you're listening to episode number three of the TN Sustainable Living podcast.
0: Number three. We're doing this. I know. Look at us. We're, like, actually doing it. We're about to recording today, so we're on our second cup of tea. Yeah. And to this, the second cup of tea is chamomile? Is that what we're doing? I say chamomile. Oh, of course you do. Or if you're... No Spanish-speaking country, Manzanilla, okay. or I, I don't know if that's the same for all Spanish-speaking countries. In Spain, it's Manzanilla.
1: I'm glad you knew that because I did not. Not manzana.
0: Manzana is apple, and I always get them confused. Yeah.
1: So we're here drinking chamomile tea, and it was my turn to do some research. So, well, I also, well, originally I also looked up a project in Egypt because I, you know skim red brand research for our previous episode if you haven't listened to it check it out so um chamomile tea is also grown all over the world it's apparently there's two types
0: of chamomile tea i did know that i went to an herbalario the other day to ask about or to get loose leaf tea and they confused me for a good five minutes five minutes speech about the two different types and what they're good for all right
1: Well, you just stole my thunder there, Brandy. Sorry, I was telling you a new fact.
0: I I don't (laughs) remember what they told me.
1: Yeah. I also couldn't tell you what the two different types were for. But I do know that it is grown throughout Europe, Central and South America. Let me look at my information. India, South America, South Africa and Australia. According to... Tetulia. Tetulia. How do you say that name? Titulia.com. I have no t-tulia. idea, but I like
0: the sound of Tetulia.
1: Tetulia. All right. So, my second project that I looked up was in India. And I thought this project is really cool because, and we didn't write the name on the sheet of paper, so I'm going to look it up on my phone <laughs> because that would have been too prepared. So, I looked up a project in India, which is one of the regions where chamomile tea is grown and lots of tea in general comes from India. Um, So I'm sure we'll talk about a tea from India again. But anyway, (laughs) the project I want to talk about, I thought sounded really cool. It's called Help Us Green and is very culturally specific, um, which is what drew me to it. So it's a business which takes the, um, the leftover waste from religious festivals so that's like the flora waste that's used as part of the religious ceremony but then obviously after that ceremony you're left with a lot of flowers that might stay in the temple or they might end up in the Ganges and so this business they collect those flowers and they use them to make incense and um is it just incense fragrances organic fragrances using these that use like recycling, upcycling, giving a second life. Yeah, I think upcycling. Yeah, right. it's a new thing. You're not reusing the the flowers. It's a new thing. Yeah. So they upcycle these flowers, and then I was having a little look at them, and they were saying that during COVID, as I guess people haven't been able to congregate in the same way, they've been buying their fly- flower- flyers. <laughs> they've been buying their flowers direct from the producers, um, who otherwise wouldn't have a way to make income. And they're also investing some of their um, profits in supporting kind of educational programs about
0: sustainable agriculture. That's really cool. Yeah, it is, right? So, yeah, it's one of those things. It's it's not telling people to go without fragrances, sense it's providing it in a more more sustainable way using something that's already there. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely cool because when you look at things like essential oils, the amount of new flowers they they take and the amount it takes to create such a small amount of like a little bottle of of essential oil so by reusing by taking flowers that would otherwise be thrown away lessening the need to grow flowers just for the purpose of destroying them turning them into something that smells nice
1: yeah that's an interesting one it's not something i really thought about before yeah i guess because as we talked about a little bit in our last episode about how it's quite easy to be disconnected mm-hmm. from the way in which are which lots of different things are produced. Yeah. So it's not actually something I've thought about. So it's cool to see like how even behind something like really like a very niche behind every like niche individual object, there are people working to create kind of more sustainable pathways to to kind of get to this product.
0: Yeah, and then when you learn about these companies businesses it makes you realize that all the things you never thought about that went into the things that you buy absolutely (laughs) and then sends you into a great spiral absolutely which brings me to the tea we're drinking try not to spill this tea someone spilled the tea (laughs) literally in the last episode
1: (laughs) i mean i didn't get any of your fancy equipment so i think we're good
0: yeah um that's true (laughs) um these individual tea bags were in plastic I know I just said I went to a shop to buy chamomile tea in bulk, which I did. And then once I ran out of that, I was shopping and didn't feel like going to a bunch of different stores. I just wanted to get everything from the one store I was in. So I did. I opened the box. All the tea bags were wrapped in plastic.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's one of the most frustrating plastic things when you, you're you like, okay, the outside isn't plastic. Or, oh, well, in this case, it wasn't. The outside is paper, right? Correct. And then you, like, open it, and you're like, oh,
0: everything is individually wrapped. (laughs) And I didn't do the shake. I probably could have been able to tell if I had just shaken the box. But, like I said, I wanted to be in one shop, throw everything in the cart, didn't think twice about it. This is something I've been struggling with lately. I used to be really good. I think I mentioned this in in our first episode, that I went through a whole zero-waste phase. No plastic, only buying things packaged in reusable materials easily recycled materials like glass aluminum paper cardboard and i've gotten away from that a lot i've been buying a lot of plastic packaging and that's and i want to point it out this episode i think is mostly based on plastic packaging not i don't know for example healthcare you need plastic you can't just go into a hospital and say i'm plastic free don't use any plastic in my care
1: Yeah, I mean, I actually fucking love plastic. I think it's amazing. I just think it's so cool. And I actually think it's a real example of (laughs) all the qualities about humans that both kind of get us into this mess, but hopefully will also get us out of it. Because I think, you know, there's so much creativity and invention and work that went behind, you know, even creating, inventing plastic in the first place. And then also we're just like, humans are just like, oh my god, shiny, like, look at this thing, it's so cheap, it's flexible, we can make so many things from plastic, like, this is so cool, let's make everything from plastic, without stopping and thinking like, okay, is this, you know, something that should be made out of plastic? Because, you know, obviously the big, big problem with plastic is that it's not, well, I mean, it can be recycled in some cases, but often it
0: can't be recycled. It gets downcycled.
1: And it, yeah, and it, it lasts for a very long time.
0: Yeah, a very problem, very long time. A problem is making everything in plastic and using it once and then throwing it away.
1: Absolutely, which we do a lot. You know, and, we do, and it was probably a dumb idea. You know, it's like why, you know, this pro this thing that's going to last for at least like a thousand years let's just go all in yeah like what you know that like bar of chocolate that you're going to eat in like literally 45 seconds (laughs) let's cover it in plastic (laughs)
0: just so you can unwrap it and then throw it away yeah
1: because we can make it gold and thin and it's so cool and like look at this plastic but you know I also think you know all those qualities about humans that make us invent things and make us You know, want to explore and create and find new things and then find ways to make money off it. I guess hopefully all of those qualities will come together. And I mean, it already has, like, there are people coming up with different solutions for things all over the place, right? You know, I mean, okay, I don't know, like biodegradable plastic for collecting your fruit and veg, although maybe we should, you know, just not put it in in bags but you know yeah whatever. like bananas and
0: oranges wrapped in <laughs> yeah plastic and that was actually Why? yeah <laughs>
1: but you know there is genuine I mean not necessarily I don't know enough about it to be honest but I think that's one of the things that's a bit of a gray area around food packaging because there are ways in which plastic really extends the shelf life of certain products yeah absolutely. yeah okay we've all seen that like ridiculous image of like you know a banana wrapped in plastic I mean Let's not, guys. But, you know, for example, a bag of salad, you know, that has a really short shelf life. Um, what do we say? Do we say, like, owning areas which grow salads, you know, should... People should eat them, or... I, I don't know. <laughs> that was a very weirdly phrased sentence.
0: No, that, that is one food item that, yeah, I struggle with a lot. Like, those bags of... Bags of arugula, or rocket, depending on where you live. Rocket. There are obviously leaves and greens you can buy without packaging, depending on where you shop. But what if you want the arugula? What if you want this type?
1: Yeah. So I think that's one of the really big issues around kind of low and zero waste. And in in general, it's like, I guess, a question we're exploring throughout this, you know, the the lifestyle that we can sustain, because obviously in the West, you know, I think in the West in general, our lifestyles, we live a very different lifestyle to the majority of the world's population. Mm-hmm. Is it possible to maintain the kind of lifestyle that we have? is shaking head. It's a no. And in if we do, like, what things... I mean, if we can't, like, what things do we keep? And the ways in which, like, plastic supports that... You know, do we do we literally just say, okay, we're going back fully local, and you know what, if you don't live somewhere where you buy a kiwi, well, you're not going to eat a kiwi, you know?
0: And there are definitely people who adopt that mentality in the, I don't know, sustainability space, low-waste space. Absolutely. Um, but I... One of the people in the sustainability space that kind of spoke to me the most, that resonated with me the most, Catherine Kellogg, going zero waste, she was reflecting back on her time trying to be zero waste, mm-hmm. no plastic, especially. And wishes that she hadn't given herself such a hard time for buying some type of berry in plastic packaging because they brought her joy and there she knew they were good for her. But she went without in the name of not buying plastic.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, that's like a big fundamental question. I mean, she's, right, she obviously made the decision that her joy in that moment in time was worth less than what she was, I guess, supporting by going zero or low waste.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think she has since shifted her efforts, her energy, into activism, and I think she joined her city council. And and I just want to take a moment to explain... For anyone listening who maybe doesn't know why plastic is a problem, and also why I think it gets a bad rap when it is not always the worst material. i will get into that a bit more. But when you only look at the the beginning of its life, how it's made from oil, and the end of its life, getting downcycled, ending up in landfills, landfills actually might be the best option. Give a shitters, Brandy here. I just wanted to quickly interrupt this episode to tell you a little bit more about our show notes. Each episode has a dedicated show notes page on our website, the t on sustainable dot com slash show notes, where you can find more information about the topic of the episode. In addition to links to any articles and resources mentioned in the episode, we throw in a few more ways for you to keep on giving a shit. From articles and documentaries to books and apps, we want each show notes page to help you feel better equipped with information and tools to take action today you can think of it as a choose-your-own-give-a-shit adventure. We'll also update you on our chosen actionable item from the episode to let you know how it's going for us. So, after this episode, head on over to our show notes page at com slash show notes. All right, now back to the episode.
1: What does downcycling mean?
0: So, downcycling is basically our plastic bottle. It gets, well, reused made into a new bottle but the quality is not as good and over time it won't be able to be reused anymore
1: my oh, right. do you know how many times that is no i used to right <laughs> so yeah there's definitely some definitely some issues around plastic i think what's interesting though just to go back to a you
0: know, uh i actually wanted to add that yeah the, go for it what i didn't say before is that one of the other places plastic can end up besides landfill or being downcycled is the ocean And that's what gets all of the attention. And I used to be one of those people, using that plastic straw, you know that's going to end up in the ocean. But when the majority of plastic in the ocean is from commercial fishing. Yeah, it's an interesting one. So it's so easy for your perception of of anything, but specifically plastic, to get skewed and to think it's a bigger issue than it is. And I'm not saying it's not an issue, because like you said, it can be great. We're just using it in the wrong ways.
1: But maybe the issue is made about the individual rather than focusing on businesses? Is that kind of where you're going? Or or maybe it's blown I'm, out of proportion?
0: I don't remember where I was going. We paused the podcast because our pizza was delivered and it smells delicious and I think I'm distracted.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, don't think about the pizza. Let's think about plastic.
0: So yeah, it gets a bad rap because when you look at how it's made and where it ends up, you don't look at anything in between. And you mentioned before how thin, light, and pliable it is. If you look at how much food you can transport when it's packaged in plastic. You can transport a lot more, and the the emissions are lower because the truck doesn't weigh as much, because glass weighs a lot. Yeah. Therefore uh, it needs less gas. Yeah.
1: One of the books I read, um, which is very interesting and just throws you completely into the quagmire of doom, is That's too fancy? Grey Spiral? Oh, no, I like the quagmire... Of doom.
0: <laughs> it's like uh, a video game or something. Yeah, that sounds like a video game.
1: No, it's a book called, I think it's What's the Cost of a Banana, or like What's the Cost of a Banana? Uh, um, you
0: told me about that before.
1: Yeah, and that's a book which very much focuses on looking at how sustainable things are, but from the perspective of carbon dioxide emissions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's very clear. I... I can't remember the exact statistics but it was talking about how you need to use your for example if you have like a bag for life you know uh, like either one of the like heavy plastic ones or you have like a fabric bag for example you need to use that i think it was a lot it was like it was in the hundreds like a cloth tote bag a cloth tote bag exactly you need to use that in the hundreds of times for the emissions to be equal to using
0: the same amount of plastic bags. And also people often use reuse those plastic bags as like trash bags in their homes or for other purposes. Yeah, that's true. So there like the fast fashion episode, there's so many things to take into consideration. Type of packaging and yeah, whether you're buying local Yeah. The thing you're purchasing. Because if you're buying animal products, that's, in my opinion, worse for the vi- environment than the mm. plastic packaging. So if you're between an unpackaged, I don't know, let's just go extreme with the example, an unpackaged piece of meat, oh, it's plastic free, next to, yeah, the bag of salad greens wrapped in plastic. To me, this bag of plastic wrapped salad greens is way better for the environment.
1: Yeah. I wonder if one of the reasons, because I feel, I mean, you touched on this really briefly, but I feel like zero waste really went through its kind of high point, should we say like 2007, and seven, eight through 2000, well, I'm putting a date on it and I don't know, like 2015, 2016. I feel like it was a really, there was like a point, like five to 10 years when it was the thing, right? It was like all the Instagram, the blog posts. It's like zero waste, low waste. And it is really important and it's still important. But I wonder why that became the focus.
0: Honestly, you touched on this before about the responsibility on the consumer versus the company. Mm. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of big companies where it's in their interest to continue to produce things how they are, to shift the responsibility on consumers, it lets them off the hook.
1: Yeah, I wonder as well, I think maybe it's something um, we've talked about before, not necessarily on this podcast, but about how, for example, for us having like diet, or for me anyway, having dietary rules, that I'm vegetarian, it's easier to go all in. Mm -hmm. Rather than, okay, for me, I would say it's sustainable to eat meat maybe once or twice a month.
0: That's and then the, it's sustainable the statistics. For the environment. For the environment and you're able to keep up with it.
1: Right. But but as in but I just prefer to be a hundred percent vegetarian because then it feels like a slippery slope. And I wonder having if that having that goal of like zero waste kind of gave right. gives like a sense of like, okay, if I just follow these rules, I can feel like I'm living an ethical life, a Taking sustainable a life. I mean, which of course is like really Hard because zero waste
0: is extremely difficult. And the privilege and accessibility it's, that goes into
1: Yeah. Goes into it. But it's it's a really hard one because at the same time of having this conversation, it is clear that we do need to reduce just the amount of stuff. And the amount of stuff that does come in class. I think it seems to me anyway, it seems clear that we do still have to reduce the amount of packaging, the amount of
0: Absolutely, especially single use.
1: Yeah. So yeah single use is just yeah it's just a bit silly what are we doing
0: I used to be so much better at buying food in bulk, and as I said before you know when you're just in one shop and you don't feel like going to a million shops that day I just buy what's there I've been doing that a lot
1: yeah I'm the same and uh, it's something I struggle with because within my you know where I live I'm really lucky we have a lot of fruit and veg shops I've got two bulk shops I've got an organic like a um, kind of vegan vegetarian shop within five minute walking distance. And yet mm-hmm. I still go to little
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I don't have to go to multiple shops and it's affordable.
0: I've been thinking about how to not go back down the rabbit hole of zero waste and going to, you know, all the stores mm-hmm. in one day. And I think just splitting it, meeting in the middle somewhere, sometimes going to the little or the whatever big grocery store. And then also sometimes going to the bookshop or the all organic shop that's down the corner for me.
1: Yeah, I think that that's a good way to go. I was also thinking about when we were talking about like the action steps for this related to this week's podcast, kind of just taking one area of my life because it's so easy to just get overwhelmed. You know, is it? And you know, some things are kind of out of your control. I was going to give the example of like cleaning products, but it's like, while well, I live in a shed flat, so I don't actually have free choice about that. But yeah, I mean, make maybe, or even breaking down your food shop, as that's like the big issue from like, okay, I'm not going to try and go zero waste and everything, but I'm going to try and be low. Okay, let's go with low waste. Zero waste is just, let's just not. Um, Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Um, like low waste, okay, fruit and veg. I'm going to aim to have that as low waste. Or snacks, I'm going to try and be low waste.
0: Just mm-hmm. be more intentional, I think, yeah. to... I think another actionable step is to do, like, a trash audit or a recycling audit. What are you throwing away or going through the most? Yeah, absolutely. And asking yourself, okay, do I really need to buy three bags of chips in a week?
1: Chips or whatever or crisps.
0: It is. Oh, crisps for you. <laughs> chips. <laughs> i think as far as actionable tips it is just being more aware of what you're purchasing and the packaging it's in and understanding that there is no perfect packaging and that could be um, another episode of other materials
1: yeah i think this is definitely um an area to come back to because i think there's a lot to unpack here
0: i think the bottom line is that plastic is not all good or all evil it depends on how it's used
1: Yeah. Brandy's kind of hit the nail on the head in that you kind of have to be kind to yourself and meet yourself where you are Mm -hmm. while still being intentional. I guess it's that kind of like going a little bit more, you know, every so often, Mm -hmm. like maybe every month kind of having a look, being like, oh, is there something I can add? Or how did I do? Or like, what's that balance for me? Like, okay, for example, for me, my shampoo like there was a whole time when I was like, oh, I've got to find like a shampoo bar and it's going to, you know, no packaging and like the best of the best. And I just, it just wasn't really working for me. So what I ended up doing is I get like, I have a shampoo I like and I got like a big bottle of it and that bottle normally lasts me like nearly a
0: year. That's a good action item by the biggest volume, biggest size you can. If it's a food item before the food will go bad.
1: Yeah. And so I just was like, you know what, for right now, this is where I can meet myself. Mm -hmm. And okay, yes, I'm still creating waste. And you know, obviously, I'm gonna live till I'm like 110. So okay, that's like maybe 80 bottles over my lifetime. That's how we're gonna look at it. But... (laughs) But it was just kind of stressing me out, trying to find, like, a shampoo bar. And I'd be, like, every time, like, oh, I need to go look and blah, blah, blah. And I don't like this. And I feel ugly because my hair looks greasy or I don't know. Maybe this is kind of bullshit. But I think it's, like, normal human thoughts to think like this.
0: Yeah. And if it's stressing you out, that's missing the point. It's not standard. You're not going to keep up with it. Yeah, exactly. Or even start it in the first place. So, yeah, I think starting where you are and what you're willing to to do if you want to just start in your bathroom just even starting with asking yourself what in here could I replace or could I buy in more sustainable packaging yeah Um, for me I think I want to start going back to the to the bulk stores
1: yeah I think I might do the same actually especially because I think that's quite an easy I mean I'm saying easy because I know that there are a couple near where I live Mm -hmm. it's difficult if you don't live somewhere where there are bulk stores Mm -hmm. that are easily accessible but I used to kind of maybe go like once a month and stock up on certain items. So okay.
0: I think I think I I will join you. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that will be our action item. So other action items. Yeah. Let just us to know. recap. Trash yeah. audit. Being more mindful and trying to examine different parts of your home that maybe you could make some changes. And buying bulk if you can, if yeah. you can afford it, if it's near you, because a lot of times it can be more expensive.
1: Yeah. And let us know on Instagram what you're doing. And if you, yeah, I mean, there's so many different ways to do this. So let us know the ideas
0: you have. What's worked for you, what hasn't. Yeah. And uh, I think that's all for this one. We'll definitely revisit this topic.
1: hundred percent. There's so much to say. Stay tuned.
0: Stay tuned. For next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Tea on Sustainable Living podcast. If you made it to the end, we can only assume that you've enjoyed this episode. Please consider sharing this with a friend or family member who could use some support on their sustainability journey. And find us on Instagram
1: at the Tea on Sustainable Living and let us know what you liked about the episode. All right,
0: give us shitters. See you later. Get it? See you later? As in, see you later? So funny.
1: Why?